Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. And we are so excited to have you hear the latest season of our nostalgia-themed podcast, How Did We Get Weird? Not only do you get to know me and my brother, you get to know the stories that made us the absolutely rad people we are today. Check out our episodes where we've welcomed hilarious guests like our friend Andy Samberg. That's it! That's really it! And Queen Casey Wilson. I really went cart before the horse. I said, I think I have an opportunity to interview Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> As a high school student. And you do not want to miss out on our funny segments like Change.Dork. <laughs> Change.Dork. And congratulations, you played yourself. Congratulations, you played yourself. Listen to our podcast, How Did We Get Weird, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The following episode was recorded before the WGA SAG-AFTRA strikes of 2023. Okay, everybody, this is a fun episode. My friend Phoebe Robinson is here. We met doing a show called I Love Dick. It's funny, when we were promoting this show, I was going around the country, and there were some interviewers that I would do in the heartland, and they refused to even say the title of the show, which I thought was awesome. <laughs> They'd make me say it. That was the funniest thing. I was also a guest on her incredible show uh two dope queens we had so much fun we've laughed together so many times and we'll be laughing today so lean in and get ready to laugh i'm glad you're here okay so i'm here on the podcast with phoebe robinson um okay we have a lot of history. <laughs> we do. <laughs> I think people would be surprised how much <laughs> history <would>. we have. <laughs> we met when we did that Amazon show, I Love Dick, right. and I was so intimidated. I truly was About like, saying the title of the show no, or just in general? Be it around you. Uh, You're oh. a legend. So I was like, I don't want to say anything dumb around Kevin Bacon. And, like, you wouldn't care. But, yeah, and then we've just kept in touch. And yeah. You try to teach me how to be outdoorsy. and uh, yeah, yeah, we ended up in a tree. <laughs> In Temescal Park. I mean, how does that happen? Yeah, that was for my Comedy Central show, uh, Doing the Most. And I just had people on to teach me how to do stuff to get me outside my comfort zone. And I don't think I've become much more outdoorsy, It was such a cool idea, though. It was really fun. And you know what? I had such a blast. But be just to kind of set this up, we... <laughs> it, yeah, so as Phoebe said, you know, it was things to get her outside of her comfort zone. And in this case, it was... Uh, w uh, wire work, pretty much, yeah. uh, on ropes, or I'd say rope work, being yeah. suspended in the harnesses, walking across stuff between th trees, like maybe, yeah. what, 20 feet off the ground or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, 
Obviously, there was safety, but it was something yeah. that was kind of gnarly. I mean, it was kind of scary, right? It was scary, but and you moved like an Avenger. Like, you were just <laughs> just climbed know, up this tree. A very old Avenger. <laughs> and I was so scared. Yeah, you were genuinely scared. I, I was think. so yeah. scared. Yeah. I, like, Loki was like, why couldn't I have been like, let's do cooking, like something on the ground. Uh-huh. Yeah, spicy food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you remember at the end where we had to, like, jump off that little ledge in a yeah. tree? Yeah. And that I was like, oh, it took me like five minutes, and like it took me what, like almost an hour. Yeah, it didn't took, you have it took like you dinner plans? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, listen, I gotta I'm, sometime today. I'll tell you what, I'm gonna go to dinner. And can somebody just let me know if she ever made it down out of the tree or not? But it yeah. was it was fun. I had a good time, and I did two dope queens. Yes, that was that was in L.A. too, right? Was that it? was so fun. Yeah, oh, it was it was in L.A. Yeah. Right, right. I had this idea that we were talking about Brooklyn earlier. I had this idea that it was in Brooklyn. I wish, I wish it was. I mean, I love Brooklyn so much, but we did it. I think downtown L.A. and it was that the was most fun. Super fun. I mean, yeah. and you were, you know, you. We're a pioneer of of this whole really podcasting <laughs> thing that's taken off. Absolutely. Okay. Am I like as good as Rosa Parks? Like I'm on her level. Yeah. Yeah. You and Rosa Parks. <laughs> yeah. Did she have a podcast? You know what? She didn't try hard enough. Uh, is what I. <laughs> no, but you really were. I mean, this yeah. like if, that kind of format, and then also having it with a live audience. It's interesting now how. Uh, they that that that's also in its own sense become a next level of podcasting, right? That that you go and you do this uh, live thing. Yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like anytime you add an audience to it, it just be. I don't want to say it becomes dangerous, but it's sort of like you kind of don't know what's going to happen. Like you could say something off the cuff that like the audience really likes, and it has you go down this path, and so. It was so fun doing the shows, Jessica and I doing them live every other week in Brooklyn and L.A. Like, it was, I had the best time. It was the coolest. Yeah. And, boy, i got to tell you, I mean, I've done a lot of live stuff. I started out in the uh, in the theater and playing a band, so I've been in front of audiences, you know, quite a lot. And, you know, sometimes you get that really dialed-up energy. Yeah. And that's what it was. Uh, watching the two of you work that crowd. I mean, Aww. it was, it was flying. Oh, God. yeah, it was good. We got to do this podcast every week um, so you could give me some words of affirmation. I be I great. can't believe how busy you are with all the stuff that you do. I it's mean, a lot. how do you, how do you do? Do you have like a, or do you use like the iCal and put everything in and 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 have alerts and do all I, that kind of stuff? I have a color coded calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a day planner, um, and Philofax. <laughs> <laughs> they stopped making Philofax when you were born, I think. Well, I find that like when I write it down, like I remember it more than just like. Doing it on my computer. Oh, you do. Okay. So I try to keep okay. a, a. I have a G Cal and I have a day planner that has everything in That's, there. Uh-huh. And then you know, I just. I think it's probably the same with you. It's like if you love what you do, even when it's hard work, it's kind of like you don't mind as much. And you're like, yeah, I'll just roll up my sleeves and dive into that. Whether it's like acting or writing books or podcasting, it's like it's all fun to me ultimately. So you know. So you do love it. I I do love it. There are some days where I'm like. Especially when I do stand-up touring where it's like I've, I've never been a person 
that's ever loved touring. Do you love to tour? You know, I liked it when I first started in yeah. the 90s uh, with with our band. It w- There was a kind of uh, romance to it, but, mm. but the bloom is off the rose in terms of like – you know the actual travel and crappy yeah. hotels and, yeah. and you know, I, like I mean I'm sure this is probably similar and it's it's a little bit of a rock and roll cliche but I always love the show. Yes, it's like the rest of the stuff and even if it's not a good show, I still love the show. Yeah, because then you go. I had this experience with this crowd, this group of people. It's never going to be the same. Yep, and. If it was not as good as it could have been, then I'm going to learn and try to make it better next time, you know, whatever it happens to be. But the rest of it has gotten tiresome. Yeah, and I, I feel as I've gotten older, I am I need to have a, my routine so I stay centered. So it's like I need to wake up at a certain time. I need to make sure I, like, work out and eat, like, the specific breakfast that I want to eat. And touring is so much of, like, you're schlepping around forever and I finally got to a place where I'm not staying in, like, really disgusting hotels, mm-hmm. which is nice. But that really scarred me where it's just, like, I don't want to, like, like – I, I How did... do you move around? Is it you get a bus? <laughs> Kevin, I'm, <laughs> Kevin, I'm not as famous as you. Well, no, uh, I, don't, no. <laughs> I don't have a bus either. That's what I'm, I'm acting up. <laughs> no, I do flights and uh, sometimes a train. And I remember when I did Edinburgh in 2019 – and I, I stayed at this hotel, and I was checking in, and I always just, like, check the sheets or whatever. And I pulled back, and there was just massive blood stains all over the sheets. And they were very Whoa. unconcerned. They were like, well, it's not on the mattress. And I was like... It's been bleeding all over. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. So it's not, not my favorite. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, wait, to what hotel? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so, Phoebe, you have mm-hmm. so... You're, you... you, you you stand up, acting, podcasting. I'm, I'm interested. You're also an author. Yeah. And so when you have a book out, I've never written a book, but I'm, I'm assuming there's a lot of promotion that goes around that, right? Yeah. What is it about writing books that, I mean, how many books have you written? I've written three. Three, three books. <laughs> so crazy. obviously you yeah. keep coming back to it. Yeah. Um, and they're great. They're fantastic, by the way. I mean, I but I, but... What, 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 why that? Because that seems to yeah. me like it would take a lot of time and um, a lot of energy both to do but also yeah. to promote. Yeah, writing of everything I do is the hardest. And writing books is the hardest, which is probably why I love it because I kind of love challenges where I'm like, I don't know if I'm, this is going to be good by the end, but let's see. Um, but I used to write all the time as a kid. I write these short stories, and I was always a voracious reader. And so... For me, if I could only do one thing for the rest of my life, it would be an author. Mm-hmm. Um, I love and doing— And would you move back to Cleveland if—, if... No. <laughs> <laughs> I would do it from Brooklyn forever. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just find that book lovers are just, like, some of my favorite kind of people because you're just dorky in a way that they, they like, don't even care. Mm-hmm, They're like, mm-hmm. we just love books and like we don't care like how nerdy this makes us. And so when you just share that love with other people when you're traveling, like it's always really fun. So the promotional part of it is really great. Um, and so I kind of missed it this last time around because of the pandemic. We didn't get to do like a proper book tour. So I was a little bit bummed about that. But the first the first two books, it was just like 
the best. What is a book tour like? What do you do? You go sign it? Go to yeah, the malls do, and you stuff do, like that? You do book signings at different bookstores. Oh. I try to do a lot of indie bookstores. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you'll have like, I don't know, 200 people come out, maybe 300 people. And then you do like a Q&A, take pictures. Mm-hmm. And then I always just end up buying more books. My apartment is 37% books. Wow. <laughs> it's a lot of books. Okay, I got yeah. I got I'm going to pitch you real quick okay. a game that we just started to play. Okay. Which is really fun where you go up to a bookshelf and let's say you got like four or five people there. Yeah. Right? And you pick a book and you read what the description of the book is, okay? Mm-hmm. And then everybody writes the first sentence of the book, what they've imagined the first sentence of the oh. book may be. And in the mix is also the actual real sentence of the book, that the, that the person that put, picked the book will also write that down, put it in a big you know, hat and mix it up. And then you just read them out loud, and everybody votes on what they think the actual first sentence of the book is. Now, it seems like a kind of a silly, dumb no, thing. No, that's it's so fun. It's so fun because people write the most amazing <laughs> Stuff like yeah. you, you, you would just be. It, it's I don't know. It's it's really really interesting. And and sometimes you even so, if somebody picks yours, you feel yeah. like yeah, you know. And if yeah. you get the right the, the right one right, you know. Anyway, that's cool. And th- this is a game you created. Did not create it. Oh, okay. No, uh, we were at someone's house, and after dinner, they said, yeah. "You want to play this game?" And and they, there's no winners. You right. know, I guess you could probably score it if you yeah. wanted to, but it's not really like that. That's just, great. Yeah, yeah. I really like fun. those kind of games because I'm competitive. I hate to lose, so sometimes it's not fun. Yeah. Well, this would. <laughs> to play you, games well, you <laughs> if you really wanted to turn it into a competition, I yeah. guess you could. Maybe if you got points for getting yeah. the right one or something. I love that. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Professional dancer Cheryl Burke has been part of Dancing with the Stars since the very beginning. 26 seasons of the Samba, the Rumba, and the Cha-Cha. 24 partners, six finals, and two Mirabal trophies. She knows all the secrets, the -the behind-the-scenes arguments, and the affairs, the flings, the flirting, and the fighting. It's time to tell all on her new podcast, Sex, Lies, and Spray Tans. 
will take you all the way back to season one and up through today for the dance floor drama like you wouldn't believe. Former partners, co-stars, friends and frenemies will join Cheryl each week. Listen to Sex, Lies and Spray Tans on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love your name? Yes, I really do. I think it's a very pretty name. Um, you don't meet a lot of black Phoebes, so I feel I've yet to meet a black Phoebe, actually. Do you know why I love your name? Why? Well, first off, it's just the coolest name. <laughs> but I, I, And also, I have it by way of comparison because I hate my name. I hate everything about why? it. Why? What's wrong? Kevin well, first Bacon off, Kevin, is like great. Kevin is an awful name. <laughs> Kevin is, first off, Kevin is now being used as a male Karen. I don't know if you're aware of that. Oh, no. Okay, so right, right there. That's it's, not great. It's not great. Uh, in England, sometimes they use it as an insult, you know, like, oh, he's a Kevin, you know, meaning like oh. he's just an a-hole. I don't mind Kev, but then you add to it bacon, which is, ba- it's a breakfast food, um, you know, <laughs> that involves slaughtering and curing pigs, yeah. I, which, which I, I love pigs. Yeah. And you have, it's a, there's a lifetime of, of, yeah. of, you know, insults around your breakfast food name. But the oh, thing about, this is no. what I think about when I think about Phoebe Robinson. Okay. I think about Phoebe Snow. Yes. That is, and that Jackie is why Robinson. my dad named me after Phoebe Snow. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, see, I don't, yeah. I don't know if you told me that. I never told you that. You no, 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 no. That. Okay, yeah. okay. So that's but cool. That's yeah, yeah. what goes into my head. Phoebe Snow, Jackie Robinson. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's just two the, of the greats. It's a great. It's a great name. There's a, there's Congratulations. Be, thank you. <laughs> there's got to be a great white Kevin out there that besides you. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> there are no great white Kevins. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be but maybe that should be it's maybe that should be my book the yes. great white kevin <laughs> <laughs> i would buy that i would publish that i would do all the things that's hilarious <laughs> i want to know how did you come up with the name for your company and, and and a book yeah tiny reparations so that actually started as a little bit of a joke that jessica and i had when we had two dope queens because I would always be like, okay, listen, you and I, like, we haven't done anything to, like, truly advance black people. So, like, we're not going to get, like, financial reparations, but we can get, like, tiny reparations, Uh like, small things, like a free, like, phone and a gift bag or something. (laughs) That's, like, a tiny reparation. Okay. And I just thought with my production company and my, um, my publishing imprint... Like, I want to use both of those as, like, platforms for, like, other, you know, under, like, represented voices to have their own platform. And so, for me, it's, like, that's my way of giving back. Like, that's my tiny reparation, paying it forward. It's a great—it's a great name because it is both uh, provocative, um, you know, potentially controversial, (laughs) and also, you know, knowing you— it, it, it kind of has a sense of humor around it. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's, you get it. Yeah. Listen, Kevin, if you don't write this damn book, I swear to God, <laughs> you should you should write a book. Would you ever do it? No, I wouldn't do it. Then. Why not? Because I'm not a writer, you know? Well, you I, I can write a three-minute song, but I can't, Listen, I can't write a book. We'll talk offline, but okay. a, lot, a lot of these people aren't writing their own books. But Wait, are you, we online? <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I, okay. I don't know. <laughs> I think you should do. I think you're very interesting. I think you're not overexposed, so people want to hear what you have to say. You don't and think you, I'm overexposed? No, I don't. Oh, I man. think you're in that sweet spot of being beloved. That's what I think. Hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe after they read the book, that's going to wane a little <laughs> once they see that I can't write it all. But thank you for that. For, thank you for that vote of confidence. Um, I will. I will start thinking about it. I mean, I guess my my resistance to it is a little bit like, see, your books are are different because they are specifically about like individual kind of concepts. You're not stopping at age. 65 and saying <laughs> let me tell you all about my my glorious life yeah you know what i mean yeah. it's like it's like from 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 for me first off i don't think it's that interesting mm-hmm. really i mean there hasn't been you know there has, just hasn't been stuff that's that interesting in, in in my life and and i also kind of feel like it's a little i don't know it's just not my thing but but also money you know uh, like you would get a lot really yeah. Hang on. <laughs> Hit the cough button. Get that sweet case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell me about your uh, involvement with Red. I'm I'm curious. Uh, okay. I love talking about Red. I could talk about it all the time. So, growing up, two things people didn't know about me as a teenager. I was obsessed with YouTube, probably starting at age 13. I know that Yes, you know that. And I would always, after school, I would come home and watch Oprah, um, like many people do. And, you know, I always sort of follow, like, um, Bono's sort of, like, philanthropic work. And then he was on Oprah talking about Red, which he co-founded with Bobby uh, Bobby Shriver. And, you know, first of all, Bono is, like, just a brilliant, brilliant person, biggest heart. Was hoping he was going to be my husband, but he's just like married to like the best person ever. So yeah, I started watching happen. this great show called um, uh, B- ba- uh, Bad Sisters. Bad Sisters with yeah, his daughter. His yes, daughter's yes, in yes. that. I didn't know it was his daughter. Yes. No, and, and somebody somebody two. told me. Oh yeah, that show is yeah. banging. I it's love so great. that show. It's anyway, so great. go ahead. She, and she's awesome in it. If, yeah. If, if she's listening, I, what? I thought this, she's this fantastic. family's too talented. Yeah. That's what I gotta say. We gotta bring we gotta bring them down a, a notch. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> That's what this podcast is really about. No. Yeah. So sorry um, to interrupt. Yeah, but no, just... it's okay. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I remember Bono talking about Red and um, just sort of like raising all this awareness about fighting AIDS in Africa. And, you know, of course, we all remember like the Red Gap t-shirts or even like now have like the Red uh, like iPhone case. And <clears throat> it just really, I think I've kind of always come from a do-gooder family. Like, my brother does works at a nonprofit in Ohio called Reading Partners. And so I really just resonated with the passion that he expressed about Red and sort of, like, making sure that we keep fighting the injustices that are happening, making sure that people can get the medicine they need to stay alive. And I think one of the things that really stuck out to me about Red is that they partner with other brands to raise this money and mm-hmm. people can buy certain red theme products so they can feel like they're participating. But most importantly, I feel what I love about red is that it's not just like, okay, like you give this money, you like save a life. It's about making sure that people have really full nuanced lives so they can go on, like have families, be teachers. We have like a lot of them become global health workers. So if you have someone who's in this fight on the ground, like they they have all this knowledge that they can then help continue this fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it just always felt like 
this is an emergency, and I think sometimes people can feel like, okay, yeah, we've talked about it, we've heard about it, let's move on. And it's like, no, 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 we have to keep the foot on the gas. And I really love that Red is making sure that we do not forget how much of an emergency it is to fight HIV and AIDS. That's amazing. Well, I want to bring on uh, Jennifer Lotito, who is the president and COO. What a COO, Chief Chief Operating Officer (laughs) of Red. One of the things we like to do on this podcast is um, we do have, you know, famous people who care about things. And but we also want to highlight the work that the not famous people are doing behind the scenes and on the ground because it is uh, important work. So tell me about yourself and how you got involved with this. Well, first of all, I want to thank you so much for having me here. This is a dream come true. You guys have known each other. Obviously, we've never met. I can now say I have one degree of separation from Kevin Bacon. I'm sure that's the most annoying thing anybody <laughs> says annoying. to you. Yes, Not it annoying. is. I mean, the podcast now, is right. called Six Degrees. I mean, I, I can't complain too much. Okay. Well, <laughs> and I, it will also be the name of his book. Okay. <laughs> that Phoebe will be ghostwriting. Yes. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> Um, no, I'm a huge podcast fan, so I'm really excited to be here today. Uh, yeah, I mean, I got into this. I started my career in advertising, and I spent my time promoting everything from an American Express card to General Motors trucks, um, IBM, and I sort of felt like, what am I doing? Uh, small children at the time, and I thought to myself, this is just making money for the man. And I thought, how do I take my skills and use them for something good. And the irony is, is that what Red does is so marketing and creative focused. Mm -hmm. As as Phoebe talked about, this is about getting the man to make the contribution. So when you walk into an Apple phone and you buy a red iPhone instead Mm -hmm. of a black one, it's going to cost exactly the same. It's going to work exactly the same. But when you choose the red one, that makes Apple give the money. Mm. I think that's kind of genius. And when you think about it, and when Bonham, How long has that been going on, by the way? So Red was started about 16 years ago, and I've been doing this for about 14. So mm-hmm. it's okay. been a long oh. time. Oh. Um, and it's it's a very unique model. I think there's a lot of things out there, whether it's Newman's Own or there's a lot that's happening when you think about corporate social responsibility, which I hate that name. But what Red wants to do is go in and talk to the marketing and creative geniuses at these companies. We know they're there. Mm-hmm. And we want them to be fighting on behalf of the world's poor. And that's what we're doing. So when I left the advertising business and came here, I knew I was going to be able to take my skills and apply them to having the impact that Phoebe just talked about. So for me, not only is being here today a dream come true, I like to think that my job is too. How do you think that uh, celebrities such as Phoebe kind of fit into this mix? Because I think sometimes it's a touchy kind of, you know, world. I think a lot of times, you know, we take hits uh, for being sort of peripherally involved in in things and, 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 and also for using uh, this you know, kind of cause-based side of your life as a, as a way to, you know, pump up your image in some kind of way. So how, is, how does that, this is really for both of you, how, 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 how do you feel about the way that celebrity can interface with, with causes? It's tricky and it's gotten harder, I would say. 
all celebrities are under a massive microscope, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Mm -hmm. I think Red never wants anybody to join because of the celebrity factor. But then at the same time, right, you want everybody to have integrity. You want everybody to do this because they believe in the mission. Mm -hmm. I think that's a little Pollyanna. I think you've got to get you, you need people like Phoebe and others, and we've been blessed at Red to have this, and, you know, it comes from our co-founders that have helped enable this. You need the heat. You need the heat that people like Oprah, as, as Phoebe talked about, that they can bring to this issue. Unfortunately, we live in a celebrity-obsessed culture, so we need that to get people to give a hoot. As, as, as Phoebe said also, it is um, people are tired of AIDS. They've t- they're tired of talking about it. They want it to just be done. Uh, unfortunately, it's still a crisis. There's still 12,000 people dying every week of a disease that's preventable and treatable. So, you know, there's nobody that should be dying in this day and age in 2022, 2023. We know how to stop it and we know how to suppress it enough that you can leave a long, lead a long, healthy life. We need people who can help us tell that story. And that's exactly what we're doing today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's also, you know, whether you're George Clooney or you're, um, you know, Julia Roberts or other people we have been blessed or Oprah Winfrey, other people we have been blessed to help get our message out there. After 16 years, you got to keep doing it. And I think for us, what's also really, really important is that unfortunately with AIDS, as we saw with COVID, There are marginalized communities that are being affected more so than others. Mm -hmm. So whether you're LGBT, whether you're young women and girls, uh, those are people who we need to connect with and we need to support and we need to get people to care about. And that just gets harder and harder. So you need people who are invested and you need brands that are invested. I don't want a brand to come to me and say, I want – this is when you know the phone call is just going to end – I have this great idea. I want to give this much money, and will Bono come and sing at my party? No, mm-hmm. that's that's not strategic. Mm-hmm. That is one-off. That's very opportunistic. We need people who are invested in this right. for the long haul. It's interesting because yeah. that is a very, very different ask than actually believing in the cause. And yeah, it's 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 a it's not just quid pro quo. You know, there is a different there is a different approach for sure. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. 
Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Professional dancer Cheryl Burke has been part of Dancing with the Stars since the very beginning. 26 seasons of the Samba, the Rumba, and the Cha Cha. 24 partners, six finals, and two Mirabal trophies. She knows all the secrets, the behind the scenes arguments, and the affairs, the flings, the flirting, and the fighting. It's time to tell all on her new podcast, Sex, Lies, and Spray Tans. We'll take you all the way back to season one and up through today for the dance floor drama like you wouldn't believe. Former partners, co-stars, friends, and frenemies will join Cheryl each week. Listen to Sex, Lies, and Spray Tans on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you are inspired by today's episode, please join us in supporting SixDegrees.org by texting the word BACON to 707070. Your gift empowers us to continue to produce programs that highlight the incredible work of everyday heroes, while also enabling us to provide essential resources to those that need it the most. Once again, text B-A-C-O-N to 707070 or visit sixdegrees.org to learn more. What is the focus right now um, globally and and what does the actual work on the ground look like? So the reason why red focuses in sub-Saharan Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa is because over two-thirds of the cases of HIV, that's, that's where they live. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is where the need is the greatest. It obviously exists here. It exists here in New York City. It exists in Washington, D.C. and other places. But really, when you look at the problem, that's where the majority of the cases are. So we need to get into those countries on the ground in Africa and get people tested. If they're positive, get them on treatment. And making sure that if they're a HIV-positive mother, they're on treatment, their baby will be born negative. Um, But also, Mm. if you're on treatment, there is almost a triple whammy because you end up being healthy and can live a healthy life. Your partner, your, your viral load is suppressed to the degree that you're not passing it on to your partner. And then if you have children, um, they will be born healthy. So we really need to get out there. We've got to get people tested. We've got to work on programs that are addressing stigma issues that are stopping people from getting mm-hmm. tested. Mm-hmm. We also have to recognize the impact of COVID over the past two years. Uh, you can see in clinics... Has COVID increased the amount of uh, uh, cases of AIDS or decreased? I'm what I would say is it's impacted the progress of yeah. HIV AIDS gotcha. Um, gotcha. because people were not getting tested if they were fearful of going into a clinic because they might get COVID while they were there. Sure. They need If you are HIV positive, you have to stay on treatment every single day. They maybe weren't going in to get their meds. Um, and so for, for us, there has been an impact. And also your healthcare system is taxed. We saw this in New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about the manufacturing of drugs? The manufacturing is continuing. We mm-hmm. just got to make sure that we're getting people to get on the drugs and stay on the drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, Phoebe and I were recently in Tanzania, and you see these stories of health systems that just are not able to keep track of people. And you've got to adhere to your treatment, and that's really critical. So what we're seeing on the ground is really great progress that may be stymied by COVID, but we know how to do this. We just need to 
keep that foot on the on the gas and mm. make sure we're, we're doing that. Thieves, so, tell yeah. me about the trip to Tanzania. Yeah, so I've been lucky enough to go twice. I went um, do two trips to Africa with Red. In 2019, I did Zambia, and then we did uh, Tanzania, like, very recently. Um, and for me, what was always great about it was, yes, you could see, you know, the impact is having health-wise, but then it's like you meet people who get on the drugs, and then they start their own businesses. Mm-hmm. And so then you can see that it's not just about staying alive, but it's about having a long, rich life. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that was always very powerful, especially seeing women overcome so much strife to now be financially independent, to be um, up to date on all things in terms of their own health and passing that information along. And so for me, it's always a very enriching experience to go, oh, yeah, that's right. Just this one pill radiates out and, like, it can help rebuild a community. And I think that's sometimes when Jim was talking about people getting feeling the fatigue of talking about AIDS. It's like we we have to stay invigorated because it's like we don't want these communities to die out. It's not just one person. It's tons of people. Um, and so with both trips, I felt like going to the hospitals, going to these women-led um, businesses, going to these after-school programming, programs that are teaching young kids about sex and sex health. I mean, it's just, it's like a once-in-a-lifetime experience. And I think once you go, there's no way you're not going to be passionate about it. Well, I think you 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 uh, mentioned something, and and I and I and and you mentioned it as well, which is the 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 educational piece of it is also like super important. I mean, I've I've heard you know that people have just a complete misunderstanding um, of, of both about the ways you can get AIDS and 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 whether what the what the ramifications are of it, and not to mention the stigma, the shame. I mean, I would think that there has to be a lot of kind of training around that. But I think when we were in Tanzania, we went to this very rural Maasai village, uh, and we met a father there whose daughter was HIV positive, Mm -hmm. was in a terrible marriage. He was supporting the daughter, which is unheard of. So the daughter ended up leaving her husband, unheard of in the Maasai village that we were in, and then helping everybody in the village understand, hey, there's a clinic down the street down the road, you need to get tested. There is treatment available. You know, in a lot of these very rural places, there's herbal medicines or remedies that they think about. And it's like, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. You got to get in there. And so what's incredible is to go on the ground and see that there is these types of small impacts. When you think about a tribal leader, a a village leader, and, and him talking about, I want my daughter to be safe. I want her to be in school. I want her children to be in school. And I want to tell everybody about it. That is pretty unheard of. And that's the type of stuff that you're not going to see anywhere. And I think, you know, a lot of us, we've lived this. We've seen it, you know, in the 80s and 90s. And we saw the entertainment industry and the theater industry decimated by this virus. Mm -hmm. We're not seeing that. We see people who are HIV positive and they're living their lives. But everybody should have that opportunity. And that's really what we're focused on. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, Can you tell us what the call to action is? I mean, anything specific that people uh, can do to reach out and and help? Absolutely. I think we live in a digital age. So Mm -hmm. it's always about going to red.org 
Org. We are always about buying red products. If you walk into an Apple store, there are red Jeeps also. There are red Fiats if you're in, in Europe. I don't know if we're, we'll be heard in Europe, but red Jeeps, red Ram trucks. We've got, like I said, Apple watches, Apple products. Um, now, but- does this mean that, it, that, that, that they agreed to give a percentage of the money sold on the, exactly. on that phone or that truck? To exactly. Red? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, I wish there was a – yeah, I mean, that – well, I mean, this is how we're doing it. Yes, folks – Ask ask for your whatever it is in red. Yes, red go to red.org. Looks, red looks great. Red.org, and you know what? If if you wanted your phone in a different color, just put it in a case. Put it in a red yes. case, exactly. Just red like Phoebe's got right That's here. What I have I have a purple phone inside a red case. Well, there it should be go. a red phone inside a red I, case, but we'll it, work on that when what? we leave, uh, Phoebe. But, I just been kicked out. Yeah, exactly. Um, But no, I mean, going on to red.org, what's really important for us is people to follow us, hear about the latest news so that when we launch new products, um, they can hear about it and see them and buy them. And at the end of the day, that's what this is all about. Uh, In in September, this makes me nervous to even say it, in September, when the world came together for the Global Fund Replenishment, the Global Fund being the beneficiary of all our money, we stepped up with world leaders. I think we were the 14th largest pledge amongst other countries, and we pledged $150 million to be generated over the next three years. We've already generated $700 million. Wow. So God help me, we have a lot of work to do, yeah. but I am thrilled to be working with Phoebe and others who are helping us do it. That's so great. Well, you know what's interesting? I mean, when I think about this, this uh, idea for this podcast, you know, Phoebe, you uh, were a U2 fan. And then, so you were pretty much checking out everything that Bono was doing, including being on Oprah, where you heard about about Red and therefore got involved. So it's, it's, it's a pretty good example of the way that celebrity you know, actually can have a, a, a positive influence. And I mean, if, if it worked for you, you know, I mean, it, it's, I mean, it can, can work for, for other people too. I think it's, I think it's really, it's really cool. And it's really impressive. But I would just want, before we close out, I'll let you guys go, but I want to ask you both if you can think of what was the, um, what was the moment or, or was there a moment uh, when you decided that doing something outside of just taking care of number one, you know, was was something that you wanted to get involved with. Was it your parents? Was it a, was it Bono on on yeah. Oprah? I mean, yeah. I mean, I've been doing comedy since two thousand eight, and you know, when I started working with Red, I want to say in twenty seventeen, and I think around that time, my two book. Queens was starting to pop off and I was doing some writing stuff and you know I would get these messages like oh I listened to the podcast and it helped me and my sick mom get through like the holidays or what have you and like you get those messages you kind of go oh I have a platform here Mm. that it's not just like yes people listen to laugh and be entertained and forget their problems but it's like People could also potentially listen to what I have to say, and that could make a positive impact. And me already being involved, being obsessed with Red and Bono and U2, I was just like, is there any way that I can help? I, I will do whatever. And so I really just came knocking on the door, and I said, what 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 do you need of me? Like, how can I get involved? And it's been a great relationship since. And so I feel like, for me, I just am in a place where I'm like, 
I have such a blessed life, such a lucky life, mm-hmm. and I just want to make sure that I'm giving some of that back. I just awesome. don't want to hoard it all, you know. And Jen, you mentioned that you were kind of, you know, working in, in corporate America, but but before that, was there something in your childhood or, or that, that, that sent you down this path? You know, it's interesting because I grew up in Boston, and it was actually, I was raised the opposite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was raised by... I don't want to say a conservative family, but I, my my family was very much of the pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Mm-hmm. You don't need the government. You don't need to take any handouts. You're just going to get it done yourself. And so I actually grew up with the opposite, and I thought that's the way everybody was. Mm-hmm. And then I met my late husband, and he had a mom who had MS. Mm. And he was living based on government support because, you know, he—, he, he his father worked in a printing factory, and they did not have much money, and his mother needed 24-7 care. And I realized in that moment, this isn't about handouts. This is about they have this incredible family, and all of them came together around his mother, but what a, they, they were in a tough situation, and thank God the government was able to help them. And what's interesting is then my parents met my husband and his family, and I would say now my parents are totally different. Mm-hmm. They completely understand. They loved Mike, and they loved his family, and you know they were just in a horrible circumstance. Mm-hmm. Um, that's nobody's fault. And so I think that was the moment where I thought to myself, what am I doing? And also having kids. I think when you are going to leave all day and be at a job, you want it to be something that you love, but it's also want to be something that your kids can look up to you for. Mm -hmm. And for me, Red provided me with that opportunity. They know that when I go on a trip to Africa and I, when they were really young and I was doing that, that was hard, but I felt okay about it. Because I saw hmm. the impact, and I and I want to hope, even though they're cranky teenagers, <laughs> I do want to hope that it made an impact. It, it, did. it did. It did. It did. I hope so. Yeah, it did. Yeah. And I want to say one more thing about Red that I really love, if I if I may. Of course. But I think one of the things that really resonated with me and made me want to get involved is that it's not a charity. It's right. not, like you said, it's not about handouts. It's about justice and sort of right-sizing everything. And giving people the opportunity to be educated so then they could then stand on their own two feet. And I think that that, to me, is what makes RED so special is that it's not about having people being dependent on RED. It's about being like, here's this information, here's this knowledge, here's this money, and now you go forth and build the communities that you want to build. And and to empower people like that, I think is really important is how we're going to beat this. And She's going to take my job. It's, when, it's all good. Well, speaking of jobs, when you go to work tomorrow, what what are you going to do? Uh, when I go, well, World AIDS Day is on um, is on Thursday, okay. so I'm going to probably do some media, um, and I will talk to our partners and make sure they're doing everything that they are that they can to get out there and spread the word about Red, just as we're doing, and also bringing new brands in. We've got to really engage people and and bring in new audiences, and all of that is a way to get people to care. So. So besides, besides, if anyone who actually has a brand is listening to this, that's another thing you can do. Besides exactly. buying a red iPhone or a red Jeep, you, if you're a brand, you can you can get in touch. You can and, write to the brand and say, "Why aren't you a red partner?" There you right? go. There you go. Ooh. There you go. <laughs> and what's up for you, Phoebs? What's next? Oh gosh, uh, <laughs> my brain just uh, mm-hmm. um, Christmas. 
Christmas, yeah, relaxing. I have an idea for a romantic comedy. Nice. Um, so I'm going to write that. And then I'm going to start back uh, doing touring stand-up. I haven't toured since 2019 because, you know, obviously COVID shut everything down. Now I'm ready to get back on the road and tell smart dick jokes. Okay. So, I like we- it. 2023, <laughs> 2023 smart dick jokes. Phoebe Robinson. It's the Smart Dick, dick Jokes Tour, ladies and yes. gentlemen. There we go. That's the title. Wow. <laughs> that and a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. This has been really fun. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate you being here. Hey, guys. If you want to learn more about Red and its current initiatives, or if you are a brand that's interested in collaborating with them, head to red.org. You can find the link in our show notes. And if you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe to the show and tune in to the rest of our episodes. You can find Six Degrees with Kevin Bacon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time. I'm Raquel Willis. Join me on my new podcast, Queer Chronicles, a show where LGBTQ plus folks tell their own stories in their own words. This season, teens will share all about growing up in political battleground states. We will always exist, and we will definitely not let them take away our joy, no matter how hard they try. Listen to Queer Chronicles on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your most fabulous shows. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. And we are so excited to have you hear the latest season of our nostalgia-themed podcast, How Did We Get Weird? Not only do you get to know me and my brother, you get to know the stories that made us the absolutely rad people we are today. Like you, Jonah, who's a music person and also a mental health counselor. And you, Vanessa, who is an actress, comedian, and I think you even wrote a children's book. Wow. I sure did. Check out our episodes where we've welcomed hilarious guests like our friend Andy Samberg. That's it. That's really it. And Queen Casey Wilson. I really went cart before the horse. I said, I think I have an opportunity to interview Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) As a high school student. Plus legendary sisters Amber Ruffin and Lacey Lamar. You would pull the bag out and then we would eat the, eat all the leftover, leftover chocolate chips, which was a lot. Then you'd roll the barrel up up the hill and then one of us would get inside the barrel and they'd push you down. And we've also had an amazing guest like Mike the Miz, Jason Isbell, Carrie Brownstein and Corin Tucker of Slater Kinney and many more. And you do not want to miss out on our funny segments like Change.Dork. <laughs> Change.Dork. And congratulations, you played yourself. Congratulations, you played yourself. Listen to our podcast, How Did We Get Weird, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.